Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is Metroscope, an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. On the show this time, I would like to welcome Ryan Price. Ryan is the Oregon Area Director of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Hey there, Ryan. Hey, How are you? Hey, thanks for having me, Gary. Certainly. So the month of September, we're almost done with the month of mm-hmm. September, but the whole month has been National Suicide Prevention Month. What's mm-hmm. been going on uh, the month of September and what's it, still to come? Yeah, it is. There's all kinds of things. You know, nationally, at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, we have been promoting people and encouraging people to have real conversations about mental health, to just be open about it, to get help if you need it, but to be real about it. But also locally, there's been a lot of different things happening. Um, You know, this is a time when lots of people are starting to talk about suicide and mental illness, and it's a a positive thing uh, from it. You know, there's lots of different things happening across the counties in Multnomah, Washington, Clackamas, and down in Marion County. Uh, with, you know, different showings of different films, different coalitions getting together to kind of tackle suicide within their own communities. And so it's a it's a time that people who don't normally talk about or hear about mental health or suicide um, have that conversation and it helps to, you know, raise awareness and help people understand that, you know, while suicide is a devastating way to lose someone, it is preventable. There's resources available for people to support each other. And there's also resources and tools available for people who are struggling. It's great that people are really starting to talk about mental health issues. You know, it's all over national news and national television and locally. Mm-hmm. And it's that's a really important thing. How, how uh, What kind of difference is that making, do you think? You know, it makes a huge difference because... You know, if you think about other causes of death that our country and that the world has is come to get better at and, and that we're saving lives, things like cancer and HIV AIDS, you know, to go along with the misunderstanding about those diseases, you, you struggle with the stigma of people just talking about it. And that's, you know, such a key for mental health is that if you don't talk about it, you're not going to be able to get the help that you need to get well and to um, uh, to feel better and ultimately for people who struggle with suicide to stay alive. And so just talking about it's critical. And we've heard so many people um, uh, have shared stories or interviews or, or different articles with their friends, family or coworkers and have, you know, come back to us or to different people to say, you know, I wouldn't have thought about this otherwise. Thank you for sharing that because I was able to do this. I was able to help this coworker or this family member through a tough time. How difficult is it for people to talk about their own mental health? That's a very, it's a personal question mm-hmm. for, for people in it. And it varies, you know, on a scale between people being 
really open and comfortable about talking about their mental health to people that, you know, sometimes think that depression, bipolar, those things aren't even real. And so there's a scale that we're at in our country. And so individually, it just kind of depends, you know, and I think that, um, some people struggle with it because maybe in the past they've reached out to someone and it, it didn't go well. They weren't receptive. The person they reached out to didn't listen. Um, and so that can be challenging for some people. So it kind of depends on, on the person. But the important thing to remember is that everyone has mental health. And if we don't talk about it, if we don't you know, either call a helpline, talk to a trusted friend or family member, or talk to a mental health professional, your mental health might struggle for that. And so that's the important thing is to find someone you trust and talk to them. Like you say, it's, it, it, there's a, such a large scale of, of mental health. How do you know when it's maybe time for you to reach out? Because everybody has good days and bad days. Sure, sure. If you think, if that occurs to you in your mind that maybe I should talk to someone, that's a sure sign to reach out. And it's kind of the same for people that you know and you work with or you're, that are in your family or friends, that if you sense that something's wrong with them, you may not know all the details about mental health or depression, or maybe, maybe they're even thinking about suicide. You, you don't know that. But to trust your gut and just assume you're the only person that's going to reach out to that person and, and, you know, just have a real conversation and ask how they're doing. What is the mission of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention? It's a really simple mission. It's only 11 words. It's to save lives and bring hope to those affected by suicide. And how do you do that? Through uh, four main ways. So the first is funding research. Um, we're the largest private funder of suicide prevention research. And when we were founded 31 years ago, um, it was a group of families that lost people to suicide that wanted to do something and saw that there was no research being funded. The second is support for lost survivors. So we have several different programs in that area of helping people who um, have lost someone to suicide or that struggle with thoughts of suicide themselves. Um, that's, that's a key area. Another one is education. So we teach people about suicide, um, everything from, you know, basic community level introductions to suicide prevention, all the way up to clinical or, you know, professional trainings for clinicians. And then the fourth area is in advocating for public policy change that would save lives uh, from suicide. So one, you know, huge win in the advocacy space, you know, we have the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255. That's a difficult number to to remember sometimes, you know, even I, you know, you, you, those of you listening can't see this, but I looked at a piece of paper to make sure I got the number right. But um, one of the things that we advocated for for the past two years at a federal level was to uh, work with the FC, or the the governing bodies and uh, to, to establish a study that would look to make the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline a three or four digit number rather than this 1-800 number. The network's already there and then President Trump, you know, signed this, you know, uh, uh, bill into law that now we're going to look at what it's going to take to actually shorten that lifeline number so that it's easier for people to remember that it's not, you know, much like 911, yeah, everyone knows that number, 411. Yeah. You know, um, this 1-800 number can be difficult to remember and so we... Uh, that's some positive things that we've seen from that so far. And, you know, hopefully a couple years in the future, we'll be able to celebrate when it comes to fruition and we can start advertising the new number. What kind of research is being done out there and what uh, what is that research showing us? Yeah, yeah. So it, we fund research that is related to 
basically anything you can think of in terms of suicide prevention. So it could be a psychological study in terms of like looking at what are the behaviors that someone might indicate uh, or that sh- that might show that would indicate their risk for suicide or genetic studies, um, looking at different treatments or interventions that might be available. What we've learned a lot from, you know, suicide prevention research. A couple of key things is one, we know that Nine out of 10 people who die by suicide have a mental health condition contributing at the time of their death. And so we know that based on that finding that getting treatment, getting effective treatment for mental health conditions like depression and uh, bipolar can help save lives from suicide. Can we talk about some misconceptions? Yeah. What, what are misconceptions? What, are, what misconceptions are out there? Regarding suicide, sure, you know, and the, the, these are, of course, they're for the most part innocent, really, because suicide and mental health is something that, as a culture, we're just beginning to talk about, uh, and so, you know, there's a there's a thought from an outside perspective from people who haven't lost someone to suicide close to them that it's selfish, you know. Um, it's selfish of them to take their own life because look what they've left behind, you know, that kind of um, conversation. But what we know from research is that when someone's in a suicidal crisis, their perspective, their thinking becomes so limited that other options are completely unavailable, that that's there are no other options. And oftentimes the person who is thinking about suicide or the person that dies by suicide they have a very what feels like a genuine belief now it's distorted it's it's the mental illness that's distorting reality in some ways but that they have a genuine belief that the people around them would be better off without them and so this that stigma that perception of you know this was selfish of them it oftentimes couldn't be further from the truth because this person that dies genuinely believes that those that they're leaving behind would be much better off without them Another one is that if you, you know, make an attempt to take your own life, that you're going to struggle in that way uh, for the rest of your life. It's true that some people, and it is a risk factor, those that uh, make a suicide attempt and, and survive it, they're at a higher risk of dying by suicide. But most people who survive a suicide attempt do not go on to die by suicide. And that's a really exciting thing because what that attempt does is allows us to intervene with resources and support and treatments that can help that person lead a more fulfilling life. That's really encouraging. Yeah. yeah. What about the idea that maybe if I come and talk to you and ask you if you're considering suicide, that plants a seed in your mind, and that that's yeah, that's a great. I appreciate you bringing that up, and that's that's something that um, was a surprise to me, honestly. You know what we tell people that if you're worried about someone, is to reach out, and it's okay to ask if they're thinking about suicide. We know from research that that's not going to you know sort of plant the idea in someone's head if they weren't thinking about it. They're not going to be thinking about it, and you know, oftentimes people who are struggling are looking for a way to tell someone. And if you can have a caring conversation and, and ask them, you know, hey, are you thinking about suicide? Um, it gives that person an opportunity to maybe say, yes, I am. Um, and then you can help, you know, get them to the help that they need, you know, professionally. But also, um, if someone's not thinking about it and you ask them, it's not going to plant the idea. And it'll also kind of help you level or gauge their level of distress and help in a way that's going to be, you know, relevant to that situation. If you do ask somebody, what reaction, uh, what, I guess, what, what should you, ex- well, not expect, but... Yeah, if, the reactions that you get. What, what should yeah, you do? Yeah, you know those? the 
there's a there's a level of fear involved with asking someone if they're thinking about suicide or even you know having that genuine conversation about hey how's it going I got, I'm serious I want to listen I want to hear what's going on and we're often afraid uh, to ask those questions or have those conversations because we don't know what to say but the great thing is you don't have to say anything you just have to listen you have to listen without judging the person uh, without offering advice on, on how to fix whatever situation they're in and just, just be there. You know, a helpful thing to do in that situation is even to just repeat what a person says, you know, because we may, we may get it wrong or the person we ask how they're doing or what's going on, is everything okay? They, they might give us a, a big monologue or something like that. But then just to repeat back what you heard them say helps to, you know, kind of build trust and make sure that the person who's kind of pouring their heart out knows that the person is listening, that they're heard, and that they're there to help. And, you know, it's, it can be really effective at helping someone who's struggling to get connected to the resources that, you know, a professional can provide. What are some signs that we could be looking out for? And are there always signs? Maybe there's not always signs. That's a great question. Um, the signs, we, we break down the signs that someone might be thinking about suicide in, th- in three broad terms. And these are in talks, so the things that people say, and the behavior that, that people are showing, and also, also moods. So when it comes to talk, we know that most people who die by suicide will say that they're thinking about it in one way or another. And so it could come off as a joke. Um, they could say they're not serious, but we always say if someone you know, says something about killing themselves or feeling hopeless or being a burden to others, it's important to take that seriously every time. You know, the behaviors that people might display, these are typical, these are atypical for that person. So it's a huge, it's a change that is not normal for that person. And so these are things like withdrawing from activities or having difficulty sleeping when previously there wasn't difficulty sleeping, Um, giving away possessions, uh, aggressiveness, recklessness, those kinds of things are all sure signs to reach out. And then, you know, moods, these are things, again, atypical, not normal for a person um, uh, that may be thinking about suicide. So anxiety, loss of interest, irritability, and agitation. I mean, these are all things that, especially when they're uncharacteristic for people, it's a, it's a sure sign to reach out. You know, going back to behavior, one of the behaviors is acting recklessly. You know, some people... They just live a little bit reckless. You know, mm-hmm. they drive mm-hmm. fast, they race motorcycles, they do kind of things that some of us would be like, that's crazy. And so, you know, that's normal for that person. But someone like me, I'm normally pretty reserved and thoughtful. I don't make too um, reckless, too many reckless decisions. And so, you know, my friends, my family, my wife, they all know that if those things start popping up, if I'm driving fast and doing things that are way out of the normal for me, they know that something's going on and it's a sure sign to reach out. Maybe signs of, of partying too much or, or drinking and, and drug, drugs? Drinking and, and using drugs in excess of what a, a person normally would, that's definitely a sign to reach out. And it may not be an indicator that someone's thinking about suicide, but it may be an indicator that they're you know, self-medicating in, an, in a way to... Mm-hmm. Uh, treat a mental health condition that would be more effectively treated by a professional. Might perk up your ears a little bit to yeah. maybe just touch base with that yeah, person. Yeah, to pay attention. Sure say, okay. hey, is every, I've, I've noticed that you're doing these things. It's not like you. Is everything okay? Are there always signs? That's a difficult question to answer because 
there may always be signs, but they may not always be perceived. And, you know, the important thing, what we hear a lot from people who lose someone to suicide is that I had no idea. But then after they get involved with suicide prevention, they start learning the signs. It's like, oh, I wish I would have seen that. And so, you know, we want people to, and we encourage everyone to get educated in suicide prevention. If you are interested um, there are plenty of free programs available through the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, through county um, mental health agencies, through county suicide prevention coalitions to offer training in how to spot the warning signs and risk factors and what to do if, if you do those. Um, because there, there may be signs that someone is thinking about suicide that we might not see unless we know what to look for. And it's kind of the same thing, you know, with other causes of death. You know, we, we know that there are certain things you need to look for for someone who might be experiencing a stroke or something like mm -hmm. that. We know what to do. The only reason we know what to do and what to look for is because we've been taught from a young right. age. And so it's important with suicide and mental health that we go out of our way to learn what those signs are, those warning signs and risk factors so that we can be prepared to help intervene uh, when that time comes in your life. The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention has some walks coming up where I'm assuming you can walk and, and help out and you can also get lots of information. Let's talk about those a little bit. Yeah, they're called Out of the Darkness Walks and our goals are you know twofold. One, it's a, it's a fundraising walk, so we're raising money so we can fund research and do the great programs that we do. But it's free for everyone to participate in. And it's a really hopeful and happy event. It's family friendly. We play positive music. Um, it, it is still a difficult topic, but... We are very intentional about how we set everything up from the speeches that we have to the activities that we have. They're all hopeful. And um, we want people to walk away with the sense of hope. Also giving an opportunity to remember the people that we've lost. But, you know, we want to take what is a difficult conversation, a difficult situation to you know, for a family to lose someone to suicide and turn it into something that is hopeful in the future. You know, at even both of the, the walks that we have coming up, the October 6th is in Portland and October 13th is Salem. We're going to have this four foot sign. Each letter is four foot by like two and a half or three feet. And it spells out the word hope. And we're going to have people write on sticky notes a message of hope for someone who might be struggling. And we're going to encourage people to take them and share them. We're going to share them on social media. And so there's things like that that we're going to do that are uh, going to hopefully be a, it's make it a very positive experience for people. Do people need to register ahead of time for the walk? Or? That would be good. Yeah, yeah, we have online registration. It's it's free and, and they can find it at afsp.org backslash Portland or afsp.org backslash Salem OR. Registration is free, but of course people can sign up at the walk uh, with a paper form. <laughs> Great. And again, the walk in Portland was the 6th of October and Salem was the 13th of October. That's correct, yeah. Great. So if somebody is has a friend or a family member who they may be worried about, what are some steps they can take to, to prevent that? Yeah, the first thing is to just reach out, have a caring conversation. Again, do those things um, that I mentioned earlier, uh, just listening. Mm -hmm. reflective listening, showing a person that you're, you're listening, you're not judging them, avoiding, you know, advice to fix it and avoiding, um, avoid minimizing their feelings because, you know, if, if a person is experiencing an episode or about with major depression and you maybe haven't, 
you can't know what it feels like. And so for us as an outsider to say, well, you know, just cheer up, it's going to be okay. That's not really helpful for that person in that time. Um, and, and then to ask directly about suicide, if they're thinking about it, it's really important. But then, you know, the next steps are to get them to some kind of professional help. And sometimes it's going to be calling the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or even texting the word TALK to 741741. That can be really helpful. Um, going into, you know, like a walk-in mental health clinic or getting a, uh, getting set up for a visit to a primary care or behavioral uh, care doctor. But also something that is really important in this situation, if a person is thinking about suicide, it's important to think about the environments that that person are in, that they are they live or work in, and try to make them as safe as possible. So things like um, maybe locking medications up that could become lethal um, for a time, um, locking firearms up, uh, whatever you can for that time of crisis when someone's thinking about suicide to make the environment as safe as possible. That's a really um, key strategy. And you know, most mental health professionals can help help you do that. Um, there's also a great thing that when, you know, families and friends can do this on their own, but it, it, it's also helpful to do with, you know, under clinical supervision is to basically create an action plan for someone to create, to work with them, the person who's struggling and a doctor. Um, again, like I said, you can do it on your own, but doctors and mental health professionals are great at this, but to come up with a plan so that the person who's struggling knows who to call, what to do, where to go when they may be feeling overcome by um, a, a suicidal crisis at that time. That can be really helpful. How long is it? I'm sure, it, like we've talked about various times during this interview, that everybody's different. But a, a suicide crisis, is that something that lasts for days, weeks, months? It can vary, but they're generally shorter in time. So what we know um, when it comes to, to means restriction, so this is restricting access to something that could become lethal. Um, we know that doing that even for a short period of time, and of course it's different for everyone, but that can reduce the suicide crisis and you know get people to help. And so a lot of times you know we see, and there's sometimes debates about barriers or nets on bridges, you know the thing and the common kind of misconception is that well, if someone went there to do this thing, then they're just going to go somewhere else or find some other way to do it. And the fact of the matter is it's not true that something like a bridge to a like a barrier on a bridge or having, you know, a time that you can't access something else that become lethal. Most people won't find another way to harm themselves. Really? And so it's an, it's an important, it's an important consideration to do it with someone who's struggling is, or even yourself, you know, mm -hmm. to know that, you can get help. There's hope available. And, and maybe you have to be the person who says, you know what, at this time, I don't want to have access to this. So can you take the key to my safe? Or can you, you know, I'm just going to put this in your care for a while because I'm afraid I might do something to myself and I'm going to go get help. Um, that's another, you know, kind of key factor to say, get this away from me mm -hmm. right now while I'm thinking clearly yeah. um, in case I, in the future, I'm not thinking clearly. What are some ways that we can help reduce the stigma of, of mental health issues? Yeah, to just be honest about it, you know, mm -hmm. to to say, hey, you know, I've I've got depression, I'm being treated for it, or, 
you know, um, to, to, to have those conversations, to, to be able to say and to listen to each other when things aren't going well or when we're struggling. And, and it may just be, you know, kind of regular day-to-day life struggles, but it could be something different like a mental illness. But to be honest and to be caring when people um, come to you with those kinds of things. You know, there's, we, we work with, I'm the only staff for the, for the foundation in Oregon and Idaho. And so everything is through volunteers. And so often um, our, our volunteers have lost someone, also struggle with thoughts of suicide or mental health conditions in the past. And it's a, it, we, we've created this great culture where people can say, you know what, I'm struggling today, so I can't do this thing I said I was going to do. And so we want to create environments where that's okay to do at work, where, mm-hmm. you know, if you're sick with the flu, you don't have to tell someone, hey, I'm sick with the flu. I've got all these symptoms. You just call in and say, hey, I'm sick. Mm-hmm. It should be the same thing with mental health yeah. to say, yeah. you know, I just, I need to take this afternoon. I'm struggling a little bit and I need to go for a walk or something like that. But, you know, again, it's just to talk about it, to be honest about it, and to get help if you need it, because treatments are effective. And, you know, one important thing to know is that it it scares people to get help because they're not sure. They maybe don't want to take medication, but that doesn't always have to be an option for you. You can talk to your doctor about what treatment is going to work for Mm -hmm. you. And that's the most important thing, to take care of your mental health in a healthy way that is good for you. As we wrap up here, let's get out uh, the information, the helpline information and website information where people can can get help if they need it. Yeah, great. So pe- people that are struggling, and this is also this also works for people who maybe are worried about someone who's struggling. They can reach out to these things too. You can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 273 8255 Text the word TALK to 741-741. Both of those lines will be able to help kind of person in crisis struggling also help someone who is worried about someone to kind of walk through them. But of course, for emergencies or if someone's made a suicide attempt or something like that, or there may be a danger to others, 911 is always the best bet for those situations. You guys are doing great work. Thank oh, you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. We've been talking today with Ryan Price, Oregon Area Director of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Metroscope is an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.